Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con. I am Ryan. Brad is sick this week, Aww. so I am joined just by James. James, Hi. how's it going? It's going pretty good. We're not just alone, though. We got a little Kellen laying here on the floor playing with his book. Yeah, he, he likes to read that book. Um, in it, there is an alligator with <gasps> that visits, let's see, a lion <gasps> and a school bus. Oh, my goodness. Alligator on a school bus. It's adorable. <laughs> But I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, Brad finally showed Jean-Claude Van Damme's Van, Damn Van the last time, and the sickness that's probably been brewing in him is like, oh, he can relax? <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it all finally caught up. And if you're wondering where you can finally see Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, you can go on Vimeo and search Nebulous Visions or Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, and you can watch it for free. Or go to Funny or Die and vote for it to be funny so it can live on in the interwebs. It's good. It's really good. It's just okay. You should check it out. It is just okay. No, it's good. I'm just kidding. It's good. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm going to pick on him. This is true. Uh, every week at Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Chappie. I am Chappie. Chappie. I am Chappie. Uh, what is what is that name? Like, what is that word called? Like, they, it's I, I a think joke it, in the movie as if that's it's, like a... It's, I think it's English slang for a friend, isn't it? Oh, okay. Like a chap? I'm guessing. Okay. Sure. That sounds I'm good. I'm not English, so I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I, I kind of swore off the English since 1776. Boom! <laughs> no. American Revolution joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So, uh, of course, we start the new show usually with fan mail. Uh but our fan mail is different now. Okay. Every week we get a new email from the Alamo Draft House in Denver to let you know what is playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. In the new movie Kingsman, the Secret Service uses a variety of weapons to take care of problems. As Luke Skywalker, I only used one weapon. And as the voice of the Joker, I used total anarchy. But if you talk during a movie, I will unleash an entire Secret Service made up of insane clowns brandishing lightsabers, and I will have them completely destroy you. So shh, and no texting. Enjoy the show. This week's a fun week, man. Yeah. Um, so Loins on Fire continues a little bit later. It's next week. 
but it's the notebook is the next one. Cool. That's the 26th. Remember, I think that's the last one. So bring your card, get it punched. You get a free ticket to see his new one. I always forget the name of the new one. And I don't know. Uh, it's the one with the people and the and they fall in love and then he mm-hmm. rides on a on a cow like on a, on bulls. Yeah. And then he's like, I can't give up bull riding. Not even for my love. Here, here's the thing. I and love then, the people at... Oh, yeah, that is that one. Yeah. I, I love the people at the Alamo. They're the nicest people. Mm-hmm. And Alexandra, who mentioned this to us originally, mm-hmm. uh, said, hey, if you want two free tickets to see this movie, I'll give them to you. And I have not said I want them. Is that oh. bad? Or <laughs> <laughs> is, it, it, It's just... It's I, not her. If you know James, if you want to claim them, we do have two free tickets to go see the movie. I, I, if you, you want to take a date... <laughs> I wouldn't not see the movie. Does that make sense? Like, or maybe give them to your parents. Maybe if your I parents had, would like a date. No, they wouldn't. They would. No, that movie. Oh, your parents like cool movies. They do. So that wouldn't work. They, my mom texted me this morning. And was like, should we go see Chappie? But I'm not going to tell you what I said. Ooh. Until we get to the review. Uh, yeah. So I should probably take him up on it. It's a free movie. Yeah. Um, Why not? It could be worse. It could be creature. You know. It could be creature. <laughs> Brad's excited. Also. I think it's next Wednesday is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles All-You-Can-Eat Pizza Party. That's the 22nd. I'm not sure how many more tickets are available for that, but make sure you get them soon. Um, the Ultimate 90s sing-along is the 28th. Mondo X, which kind of is a horror movie special they show. This week it's House on Haunted Hill. I think there's some there's some Mondo giveaways with that as well. I, don't know uh, I didn't see in the email. I'm sure there is. Anytime you go to those movies, yeah. I mean, the coolest thing I ever got... Going there is they did a last action hero showing and you actually got the gold ticket and I got a sweet yeah. button that had Schwarzenegger from Hamlet on it. So yeah. that's on my uh, messenger bag because I think it's so cool. <laughs> they uh, um, when we went and saw Ryan Johnson's Looper, mm-hmm. Mondo had just released the soundtrack on like vinyl mm. um, and they had designed a vinyl cover that looks like the the gold blocks underneath the canvas oh, so it cool. looked like the record was wrapped in canvas and then you could see the gold blocks underneath it was so cool yeah mondo cool. mondo stuff is awesome also cinderella opens on friday cool but on saturday they're encouraging young ladies or i guess men if you want to wear their fanciest gown and they're having a cinderella royal ball Aww. included with the movie uh big is showing the 16th hell yeah and the fly is showing the 18th on 35 millimeter oh man so that's uh Maybe Cronenberg's most famous movie. Um, yeah, probably. I'd say so. Uh, what I did mention on here, and if you want, you can see me. The thing. On Friday the 13th, oh, that's Carpenter. they're showing Friday the 13th with a Q&A with a screenwriter of Friday the 13th original, A Craft Dinner. Uh, I will be there seeing that film. That's I cool. think there's still some tickets available, but uh, I would get them soon as the week goes on. And it, I'm guessing by Wednesday there won't be any more. Um, because one Friday Thirteenth is popular, having a Q and A with the writer of it, and it's a craft dinner. I'm guessing that it might go pretty fast once people start catching on. It's funny they're also doing a thing right now that I noticed last night, and I'm not sure if this is part of a series or what, but they're showing some like um, recent but older indie movies. So like indie movies from last year. So mm-hmm. like they're showing big um, short term twelve again, uh, which I don't know that they ever had it there, but you know that was a movie from I think last year's Cannes Film Festival. Uh, or, or Sundance, I should say. Um, and then there was another one that I saw as well. So 
I, I don't, showing, I don't know, I know later in the month they're showing Under the Skin there. Oh, yeah, that's the other one, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's part of like a series or a new thing they're moving forward with. We'll have to talk that's, to Steve but, yeah, it's uh, cool. and figure out. It's really neat. And um, I would say uh, Under the Skin was my 10th favorite film from last year, yeah. so I would definitely go see it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's it's a good one. I bought the Blu-ray and I'm going to watch it here at some oh, yeah, point. But yeah. I also uh, maybe I'll just go ahead and see it in theaters if it's if it's worth uh, uh, sitting through. It's great sitting through. I mean, it's yeah. not one of those movies that you have to see on the big screen. No, no, no. I'm but sure, but if it's I still a cool. Chance, that, yeah, like, it's still cool that they do that. Yeah. You know, I I am so excited. I have not been to the Alamo in like a month. Yeah. And it's been horrible. <laughs> and not and I'm not saying that people in other movie theaters don't try. But yeah, there's something special about that theater. I know my my parents really want to go see the second best Marigold Hotel, mm-hmm. um, but it's not showing at the Alamo. Mm-hmm. And they texted me today. They were just like, ah, we'd have to go like to the South Glen Theater, like you know, or yeah, they're just trying to find like they're trying to find one that's a little bit nicer than like an AMC, yeah. or at least their AMC. Yeah, um, it's interesting though that second best Marigold is only in like 900 theaters, so it's kind yeah. of a it's a wide release, but it's not a big release. Yeah, it's too bad because like that first movie is more than what it seems like based on the trailer. And I'll let you know something interesting. I was reading the Hollywood Reporter this morning, and that movie's overperforming. Really? So it's only in 900 theaters, but it's going to outgross Unfinished Business this week. Wow! They're projecting it to do like eight million. Which, I mean, in 900 theaters, that's not bad. Yeah, not at so, all. Um, so I mean, it does have a nice fan base. That first movie did really well with people like my parents. And and me. I, I really like yeah, that first one. It's, it's one of those movies, too. I, I'm pretty sure when Marigold came out, it did okay its first week, but it like never dropped. It right. was pretty much steady for five right. or six weeks. It was a movie that people talked about for a little and, while. You know, that's when, they, when you target older audiences, they're not going to rush out and see them. No, um, no. Um, uh, speaking and, of which, too, if you want to see the Avengers at the Alamo, tickets went on sale this week. So make oh, sure you get snap. your ticket soon. Oh man, the Avengers! We Age need to of go Ultron. Do that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, I was I was holding out because um, for those of you who also don't know, we're approaching our two hundredth episode. Our two hundredth episode is Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. So I, I'm still putting together. I want to kind of do something fun. Uh, maybe we'll have another barbecue here or something, or maybe at your place because it's closer to the theater. Sure. Um, I know I haven't talked to you about it yet, but yeah, no, I, I, it'd be fun to get people together and celebrate our 200th episode. Absolutely. Uh, because I think it's a big achievement, and yeah. I want to thank everybody who's helped us. You know, my wife, we have friends who've seen movies with us, people who've been on the show. Anybody yeah. who's been on the show can come. Um, anybody so, who hasn't been on the show can, can come. come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody who wants to do it. And I think if we can, um, you know, get a lot of people to go see the movie like we did for the first Avengers and uh, hang out, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that three years later, we're still doing it. We're still going strong. Haven't missed a week. Uh-huh. And Avengers has come back around. Yeah. And it's by far the coolest trailer of the year. So there was a thing this week that somebody's doing like a a full marathon of all of them, and that yeah. all of the Avengers AMC. movies are like twenty nine hours long. AMC twenty nine hours. I didn't realize that they could possibly be that long at this point. Um, it doesn't seem like as many movies, but when you think about it, you're like, oh yeah. shit! Like, well, each one of them is two two and a half hours long. Yeah, and if there's like, eleven of them, yeah, there you go, man. I know it, it is. It, it's really fascinating to me yeah. about how much, how successful this has been, and yeah, yeah, and how many movies there are now. Right. Because I, I don't know if you remember when before Spider Man was made, it went through so many writers and no mm-hmm. one could get anything going. And because you know Batman and Robin came out in ninety eight, mm-hmm. basically killed the superhero genre. Yeah. And arguably, this, that series also started it. But yeah, and you can yeah. say that too. But it slowed it down. But then you know. It was only two years later that Spider-Man came out. Right. So, 
it just took that a little bit, a little push. X Men and Spider Man kind of right, and now here we are, where we're going to get you know ten, twelve superhero movies a year, right? Yeah, and, and most it, of them are pretty good. Yeah, it, it is right. interesting too. Reading uh, uh, for some reason, Hollywood wants to predict the demise of their own success, where they keep on saying that the superhero genre is going to be dead. But I was also thinking though that superheroes have been around since. They've made movies. You can go right. back to the Batman, Superman serials from the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And you have superheroes. Or you can even do the Lone Ranger. I could consider a superhero. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I think that we will eventually get to a place where the movies they're making don't look the same and aren't maybe they aren't connected to the ones we're working on now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because at a certain point, you don't have Robert Downey Jr. anymore. Yeah. At a certain point, you don't do Cap. You, you know, I, I don't know that this continued universe is going to... Like last well, I forever. Think, I think Marvel's but, doing it right, though. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, th- I think they're slowly phasing people out. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you have to phase. I mean, I read an interview with Robert Downey Jr. He's like, if they're still going to pay me, I'll still do the movies. Yeah, and he's also Robert Downey Jr. took a huge pay cut to be in Civil War. Yeah, and he wasn't even supposed to do that movie, but he was so excited about the story that he decided he's like, I'll be a secondary character. I just want to be part of this movie. Yeah, um, which is awesome. And and you should. I mean, as long as he can still play. I mean, he's. He's just going to turn 50. I mean, he's not that old. Right. And so I, I think he probably has about their five or six years, you know, four or five more movies in him. Yeah. And he'll be okay. I mean, yeah, as long as they can get through phase three. I think it's after phase, a- after the end of uh, the Infinity War that that's yeah. when you start going like, well, you know, maybe the movies that you get each year, especially once they get like, you know, this better com- better handle on Spider-Man yeah. and some of that other stuff, like start expanding out and yep. doing some of those other characters and doing more TV shows. And I think it's just going to change the way it looks, but I don't think it's going to go away. I, I think that other companies are going to struggle. Yep. I think it, Marvel has built a company that, that is handling that growth really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, DC, I saw an interview this week where the, the WB guy for, who's sort of overseeing DC is like, the DC Marvel movies is saying like, oh, well, you know, these are going to be edgier than the Marvel movies. And I don't know that I've ever read an article from somebody or a review from somebody where they said like, oh, man, I really wish that Avengers was edgier. No, they always walked out of it and was like, man, that was really fun. Yeah, I, I think that's a big – that's someone who doesn't understand really? superheroes because you can – the Spider-Man Raimi movies are not edgy at all, but are they the most fun superhero movies? I have an argument saying they are yeah. because they're just fun. And I, I think that there are some edgy things in those movies, but, you know, you look back at Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. what that movie's really dealing with is, is um, you know, is it dark in tone? Not yeah. necessarily, but, um, no, but the themes there are in the, and the issues it's dealing with are. And it's um, nothing new, but it's the past coming back to get you. Yeah. It's mistakes you've made in your life that are yeah. coming back. You know, they didn't, they didn't stop Hydra. Bucky's not dead. And yeah. it's, it's... You've got it's, somebody who's basically, like dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and like, you know, there's, there's, lots there's some of really there. deep stuff in there. And so to, to sort of flippantly say something like, oh, well, you know, they're just not, they're not, it, ours are going to be edgy. Well, edgy is not what I go to a movie for. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, you go for the story. Right. Why are the Batman Nolan successful? Because the story is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those it's are not because, of, you know, their voices yeah. are gravelly and they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, this is so edgy. I would say in spite of their voices being gravelly. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It so. just proved to you that this city has lots of good people in it. That was that's my Christian Bell as Batman. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> Anyways, um, I also going to make one more announcement before we get into the show. Sure. The twentieth of March doesn't look good for the real nerds. <laughs> um, 
I'm being unfair. I haven't haven't seen Insurgent, so I really shouldn't judge it. True. Um, well, since we haven't seen the first one, it's kind of like yeah, the well, second one's going to be harder to sit through. Yeah, and then the other movies are opening the Gunman. I don't want to see. I'm trying to make Sean Penn an action star. I don't. Uh, I just don't like Sean Penn. Like, I don't like yeah, his something face. about him just irritates me. Yeah, it's pretty much all him as a human being. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's you it's know unfair. I'm usually one of those people that can get past that. Mm. For some reason, with Sean Penn, I can't do it. Yeah, I just look at his face and go like, I don't like you. Yeah, and yeah. he's good in some movies, but yeah. But he's not someone I like seek out to see. Right. And I actually I actively avoid him for the most part. <laughs> but here's the thing is you're like, oh, the real nerds are taking a week off? No. Fuck no. We never take weeks off. So we're gonna do something fun that we haven't done in I think two years. Yeah. We're gonna do a film explosion. But we're gonna do a special film explosion. We're gonna do a film explosion of nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So we're gonna do movies from nineteen eighty five. We're gonna reveal our top ten. It's going to be fun. It's going to be nostalgic. It's going to be change the format a little bit because uh, one, I wanted to be fair to Insurgent. I really did because mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair that I'm judging a movie I haven't seen, and and I just wasn't. Tempted. I also just didn't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean, and I was tempted. I wasn't tempted by anything, and I want to give our fans something cool. Yeah, and I thought it'd be cool yeah. if we take a year, which you say is arguably the greatest year in cinema. It's uh, yes, in the film community, it is commonly referred to as the greatest especially for like fan films you know because there are a lot of movies that year where you look back and you go like holy shit i know you know? and um, it's I, I i didn't i wasn't 100 percent sure i didn't i remembered a lot of the movies mm-hmm. and i said okay you know we were talking about it last week i said well i'm gonna look on box office mojo and i'm gonna see if and yeah there are so many movies on there and there's so many like cult classics on there yeah um, that it's going to be difficult. And I, I just wanted to give our fans a little idea of how movies have changed. So in 1985, 185 films were released into theaters. This past year, 2014, 693. Wow. Plus, and that's into theaters. That's yeah. not counting all of the like sh- shovel films. That or yeah, like the drive-in the... grindhouse, whatever you want to call exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. Um, and also I wanted to point out the widest release... Is I can't remember the movie. It's not the highest movie of the year, but it's like one thousand four hundred theaters and in eighty five. In eighty five, so and last year it was four thousand and fifty five. Wow! So it's basically everything is times four basically Man. since nineteen eighty five. Even budgets, grosses, because I think the highest grossing movie is like one hundred eighty five million, and. Uh, times have changed i mean you can put in ticket inflation which is a big part of it but it's fascinating so stay tuned for our film explosion 1985 where we go back in time to 1985 you want a fun little teaser i do okay do you know who won um worst worst picture like the at the razzie awards for 1985 yeah let me hear it rambo first blood part two (laughs) <laughs> but worst director was Sylvester Stallone for Rocky Five Four. Oh wow! I know, right? So weird. Interesting. So is Rambo Two going to be on any of our lists? Uh, who knows? There's a lot of people that are killed in that movie, so yeah, there's a well, good that's, chance that's Rambo. Rambo Three, first or First Blood Three, Rambo Two. You know, so this is the third one. That's not First Blood. Oh, no. No, it's the second one, right? Wait. It's Rambo 2, the first blood. 
You're right. Yeah. I totally read that wrong. Wait, who the fuck thinks that that's the worst movie of the year? <laughs> Hell no. The Razzies creating controversy. Oh, controversy. yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have any favorite films from 1985, please send them in. We will read them on the podcast as well. So I thought that'd be fun because we haven't done it in a while, and yeah. there's lots of fun movies we can talk about. Those are always cool. Now, are we going to have a three-way tie for the number one movie of the year? Could be. Oh, it could, could be. Because that movie is so good. It could be, yeah. <laughs> and I watched that movie uh, recently, like a few months ago, and yeah, it's still really good. I'm going to make it Rambo First Blood Part 2 now. Just Sweet. <laughs> just to spit in the Razzie's faces. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's start the show, James. What do you want to start with? Uh, news. Cool. It's real news. Did you see that trailer for Avengers? I did. What I think is interesting is Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are villains. Well, yeah, yeah, that looks pretty good. Um, and that dude, that shot when they're all jumping out of the truck in the in the snow, yeah, and like you, I've even seen, seen it like freeze framed. It looks like a panel from a comic, yeah. Like to have all your heroes and like the Hulk right in front in the in the foreground of the panel, and like oh, it's so awesome. And then that quick little piece of the vision mm-hmm. right there at the end, he looks really good. And I love too that there's a little little line where Tony Stark says, "I wanted to make the world better, and I made it worse." Mm-hmm. And it's so awesome because that's a cool way to have the hero's guilt is you you wanted to stop being the hero, so you made something else that's worse than anything you could possibly throw at you. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know is Ultron's one of the strongest villains in the Marvel Universe. Right. It was funny. There was a, a neat little interview with um You want to have me a microphone so I can give it to Kevin? Oh, yeah. Um, I think he wants one. Yeah. Uh, there was a neat little interview with Joss Whedon where he was explaining, you know, because people have talked a lot about how... You know, you've got these extra villains, and why introduce mm-hmm. them? And he was saying, "Well, the truth is, you can't have Ultron talk to himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need someone for him to talk to." So it made me feel a lot better that it does seem like there's a lot of stuff in the movie, but he understands and has a good reason for for adding those extra villains. For adding, you know, I, I'm excited to see what the Vision is there for. Yeah, because we haven't seen anything about it. I don't. He he it might be he's only there for like a short little thing, but I I'm expecting it's not. There's not going to be like a huge introduction of that. Character. No, and that's what works too. Is uh, what changes about it too is it's Tony Stark is asking for help for the, yeah. from the Avengers, so you don't have to set up why are they getting together. Right, you know that Tony Stark needs help. Yeah, so you're establishing it right away. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the new Avengers trailer. Every time I see something new from that movie, I get really excited. Oh, it's, it looks so good, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, oh, 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 oh. oh. Sorry, I just You're lost fine. track of where I was. Um, Spider-Man. Let's talk a little bit about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so there have been a couple of things. One, we've got Drew Goddard coming on to direct. And is he also writing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then there's also just a little bit of rumors because the Russo brothers have signed over with Sony as well. Um, and so it might be that they're also going to help out on you know crafting and making that oh, movie tie-in-wise. Yeah. Um, and especially... Considering that uh, if he's going to show up in their... Or no, are they still doing Civil War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're doing Civil War and then they're doing Avengers 3. Yep. Um, so if, they, if, if that's all going to tie together, then that makes a lot of sense. Like to mm-hmm. have those guys work with Drew Goddard and help yeah. develop a completely new Spider-Man that's going to tie with that film really tightly. And, f- f- you know, f- with the rest of the Marvel uh, and Universe. And it makes sense too because, you know, Kevin Feige 
he's so busy producing so much other things. Yeah. He's basically saying, okay, these guys are my architects for the next two really big Marvel movies. So he, they're going to set up the groundwork and put it forward. And it's, it's interesting reading his uh, what they're planning on doing is the Sinister Six might still be part of that Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Which is fine. And there's also going around on Screen Rant and I think Latino Review that they're trying to get Iron Man to help Spider-Man defeat the Sinister Six, which I would be totally down for because I would love to see Iron Man develop the Iron Spidey suit for Spider-Man to fight the Sinister Six. That would be really, really cool. Because it's... You know, you can say, oh, six villains, that's too much. But if you have Spider-Man team up with somebody, mm-hmm. and then you wouldn't even have to call it. They're saying, oh, Spectacular Spider-Man's the name, which sounds what it should be. Sure. But what true. if they change it to Marvel team up? And it was Spider-Man with another Marvel character fighting constantly. Oh, yeah. So it was just every time that they do a uh, every time that they do a new Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yeah, it'd be like just... Spider-Man and Human Torch. Okay. Spider-Man and... Black I, Widow. Now, you started with the wrong one because I don't... A, <laughs> a, we're not going to get a crossover with Human Torch anytime soon, I don't think. Um, no. But that it, one's Fox, but yeah. still. Uh, I don't... Yeah, and I don't want that one. <laughs> it was cool in Ultimate or in Ultimate Spider-Man that, like, when they're roommates, that mm-hmm. part's cool, but... Nah. But, yeah, I, I think it... I think it'd be interesting if they changed it to Marvel Team-Up and it was... That'd be neat. That'd be literally Spider-Man teaming up with the Hulk. Well, yeah, but the problem is that, like... That's exciting for like comic book fans. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you need the movie to say Spider Man on it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But Marvel's team up featuring Spider Man. Uh, I have the comics right there. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I do like that Drew uh, Goddard's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his obviously he wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. with Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure that Joss Whedon now Dude, is if, going to have a little bit of say in the Spider Man movie. Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon. I would cry. Right. I would freaking right. cry. Yeah. But yeah, I think directed by Sam Raimi and then <laughs> <laughs> then all like ser- you my can just die. Explode. You can my just head die would at explode. That point. But right. it's cool that they're you you can actually see the Marvel influence in these, you know, press releases and mm-hmm. things like that. Yes, you can. And you know, they're not going to do an origin which they don't need. Right. I mean you've been saying it. Just drop them in. Just drop yeah. them in. You know who can just show up in the next in that in that Captain America movie? Spider-Man. Cuz yeah. you know who everybody knows who he is? Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And if they don't, they're not going to need to. Like, yeah. it, tell a story that's really impactful and doesn't necessarily tie back into why he became Spider-Man. Yeah. You, you don't know? need to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. Cool. That, that'd be fun. Um, Harrison Ford crashed his plane. He did. But, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did he crash a plane or land the plane? Uh, I'm believe, saying he landed the plane. Yes, I believe that he uh, carefully navigated a damaged plane to the ground. Yeah, because it's awesome. I was watching the news on it. Well, not for him. Yeah. But he took off and he you know, did his call sign. It's like, coming back, engine failure. And so he couldn't make it back. So he landed it on the golf course like a boss. Right. And he broke his ankle and had facial lacerations, but he still got out of the jet. I'd like to know if it's the same ankle that he broke on yeah. on, on set, because um, then it would just be like, well, it probably hadn't healed all the way yet, <laughs> you know? Like, he's such a badass that he was able to crash slash land a plane, and the only thing he broke was the ankle that wasn't actually, like, healed. Like, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good, it's good that he's fine, you know? He is, like, 72 years old, so it's it's amazing, yeah, honestly. Yeah, but it, dude, how freaking Han Solo is that? Right? <laughs> dude, because the thing is, is as 
he avoided all the houses, landed on a fucking golf course, and in a cool ass plane, in a cool kinda, World War Two plane. Yeah, it kind of looks like the one from uh, Last Crusade, right? Yeah, because it's, it's got the two seats. It just doesn't have the turret on the back. That's like, awesome. Oh yeah, no, what it's a, a really cool Hall, uh, Hans indie moment. Somebody needs to make a movie about that. Yeah, like dude. just oh, they should just film. They just go get Harrison Ford, film it next week. Be like <laughs> Harrison. It'd be like Castaway, but in a plane with Harrison Ford. You know, just quiet. Hour I would pay for that. Yeah, I miss a Harrison Ford movie because I watched yeah. Air Force One a couple weeks ago, and like, dude. Yeah, at this point, I would watch Firewall too. <laughs> and Firewall's not good, but I want more Harrison Ford. Yeah, so speedy recovery, Mr. Ford. Yeah, I'm sure he'll But I'm, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, and way to be a BAMF. Seriously. Yeah. Cool, what else have we got? It's kind of slow week. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's pretty much it. The cool news is Harrison Ford is okay and can yes. freaking land a plane on a golf course when the engines fail. Right. And <laughs> not only any plane, uh, World War II Spitfire. That's oh, so cool. That's <laughs> so awesome. So cool. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, that's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do uh, stats? Yeah. Let's do the stats. Okay. This is the box office stats. All right. So number one, not a not a huge surprise, was focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put you put Will Smith in a movie. It's going to be at the top. Yep. Um. Now I'm not sure. Actually, I haven't even looked and see. Uh, what the budget on it was fifty million dollars, and it's made twenty seven. They'll make its money back. So yeah, it'll be fine. It's um, a different movie for him, and I think um, I don't think it was a bad movie. It was oh. okay. Um, oh yeah, but it's like I've, I said in the review last week. He's good in it. Yeah, it's funny that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey has dropped all the way to number four. Oh yeah, because it's um, shit. Which means it's getting beat out by the SpongeBob movie right now, and then the Kingsman is holding on real strong at number two. I'm amazed that people are enjoying that movie as much as they are. Yeah, I, I'm a like, little surprised too. Like, I mean, not, I loved it, but. Yeah, it, it's just not for everyone. Well, it's and definitely it, not mainstream. It's not, it's not what they pitch in the trailer. So nope. <laughs> I'm just I'm very surprised because um, that was one that like my mom was disappointed by when she started hearing like, oh, it's not. Did your parents go see that? No, 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 no. I, I say, saw it that's first. Hard, yeah, and, it's hard to recommend that to a mom. Oh, yeah, no, my mom. And no, hey, my mom's like pretty liberal. But I remember watching – this is when I knew I had to be careful what movies I recommend to my mom. I got the 40-Year-Old Virgin for Christmas when it came out. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, let's watch. I said, okay. And I started watching it. And every time they would say something, she said, that's gross. That's gross. So now I'm really, really careful with what yeah. I recommend to my mother. Yeah. Oh, no. Like the last shot of, of The Kingsman would be enough to make her hate that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that joke is enough for her to just walk away and be like, oh, that was just the worst. That was just horrible. So anyway. Yeah. And not that's surprising. So go yeah. Will Smith. Go yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Go Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jared Leto, so Leto's going crazy. Bleach blonde and he shaved his eyebrows off. Yeah. Oh, man. Is the Joker going to be blonde? I don't know. I don't care. Or is it easier to dye it green once I'm, it's blonde? Probably. Um, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I hope they like they do mad love and then bring in the Suicide Squad because that'd be uh, sweet. Yes. Uh. Um, Dude, even if they just did Assault on Arkham, like I don't know why they don't. <laughs> like, just make that's a one of my favorite of uh, cartoon movies that's come out in a long time. Yeah, is Assault on Arkham. It is so good. It was, and I mean the the plot there is. I mean, you look at the casting; that's what they're doing. Yeah, know? I mean, it basically is straight up Arkham yeah. without Bat or Batman. Who knows? Yeah, we have no idea if Batman's going <laughs> to be what in Affleck it. shows up. In right? It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd cry. Oh. DVDs, <laughs> DVDs. Oh, we only see Blu-rays here. Yeah, whatever. DVD releases and Blu-rays. 
It's a quiet week, but it, they, we make up for it in quality. Yeah. Because the only real Blu-ray release this week is the, the fourth season of The Legend of Korra. Is that the last season? Awesome. Yes, yes. Um, so that whole show is out and done, and I think I've got it pre-ordered. If not, I'll have to make sure that I do. Um, there's a, a yearbook collection of John Hughes movies. It's got... Uh, the Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, and Weird Science. I think those have all been on Blu-ray before, but if not, um, um, I have I have Breakfast Club on Blu-ray. Yeah, the I only one I think ones. I think I've seen Sixteen Candles on Blu-ray, but so Weird Science might not be. But either way, if you don't have them, that's a good opportunity to get. I might them. pick up Weird Science if they have it solo because it has Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay, he plays yeah. a bully in it. Um, and then I don't think this is anyway. There's a movie called Firepower with Sophia Loren and James Coburn. Uh, and O.J. Simpson, that's just a cool, badass, like, you know, one of those old, like, James Bond knockoffs, like, uh, in, like, Flint, um, mm-hmm. that looks pretty neat. But anyway, that's that's pretty much it for this week. There's really not. Yeah, actually, I forgot you brought up O.J. I forgot to mention, I watched The Naked Gun on Blu-ray oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, and I listened to it with a commentary, and they make fun of O.J. the whole time. So if you want to listen to a fun commentary, listen to the Blu-ray version of The Naked Gun. It's oh, awesome. That's really funny. Because when he shows up, like, there's the murderer. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, maybe not for Nicole Brown Simpson, but, you know, yeah. for everybody else. Cool. Cool. Yo, son, what you been watching this week? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What'd you watch this week, James? Uh, well... Not a whole lot, but um, I'm so I'm I'm rewatching House of Cards right now. I I had never quite finished the first season of that show, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, you know what, the third season just came out and everybody loves it, and I I really liked it. I just didn't for some reason I fell off. Um, so I'm rewatching that, and it's it's great. It really is. Uh, I, and I'm I'm still in the part that I have seen before, but I'm still watching through it, being like, oh man, yeah, like these characters are really cool, and the the tension's really great. Um, Kevin Spacey is of course fantastic yeah um but then so the only really new thing that i watched this week was a movie called uh starred up um which is a little british movie from uh, a couple years ago 2013 uh and basically it follows uh this it starts off with this kid eric uh who he he's put into jail and you don't really at first he doesn't talk for the first like 10 15 minutes of the movie you're just watching him like get brought into jail you know get sort of settled in um and what you learn over time is that he you know he was some kind of like drug dealing sort of hustler but fairly small time out out in in the world um and he gets sort of sucked into this sort of rivalry between a couple of uh, gangs inside of the jail. Um, and then at the same time, like he's just got this, he's got this really short fuse, um, gets into a lot of fights really quickly, like almost beats a guy to death in the first 20 minutes or so. Um, basically just for walking into his cell, like just cause he's trying to protect himself. Um, and so he ends up getting on the short list of like people that are, you know, cause the, the like people running the prison are kind of like, okay, this guy doesn't get a lot of shot chances here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a guy who uh, is running like a like this class where he's trying to rehabilitate people there. Um, and so he he brings that guy in and is trying to get him to you know just handle his anger better. And while at the same time he's trying to stay safe between all of these gangs. Um, and then sort of the kicker is that his you find out is that his dad is also in that prison and so he and his dad have to struggle with a not having a very good relationship but um and also try you know him trying to like prove himself and then also them both stay alive 
Um, and so it's it's good. It's interesting. It's on Netflix Prime or what Amazon you Prime. Uh, watch it. Um, I, there was a friend a friend of mine at work who was like, "Oh, you should see this movie." Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free uh, if you have Prime. And I would I would say it's worth checking out. It, I didn't love it, and honestly, and this it's really unfortunate to, to have to say it this way, but the truth is is that the accents in the movie are so thick, and just the way they talk um, is kind of difficult to follow hmm. at times um, because there are things where, especially some of the gang, because it's not just that they are like british it's also that they are like british gangsters um yeah. to, honestly it's so kind of like yeah and it's kind of like chappy where sometimes mm-hmm. they'll say things and you don't really know what they just said and so it really takes away from my ability to understand some of the relationships between the other hmm. inmates um like i could follow what he what was going on with him fairly well but some of the dynamics especially there's some really cool like argumentative scenes in this classroom when they're trying to sort of work through their anger issues um, that I just didn't quite understand. Like, okay, why, like clearly like this guy pissed off this guy, but I can't figure out quite why because they say something and I'm not sure what that means, Mm. Um, which was too bad. I, you know, but it's a, it's a cool movie. It's, it's not like your most traditional like A to B to C movie, huh. um, but you know it's it's interesting and worth checking out if you're ever just flipping around on on Amazon and and want a a drama because it it is it's not you know it is closer to I think uh, like a uh, oh, man Dangerous Minds only Dangerous yeah. Minds where every now and then like people beat the shit out of each other and the action scenes are pretty cool um, like there's one scene right after he uh, almost beats that guy to death right at the beginning. He runs like he he runs the guy to the the clinic, and then they're you know blowing whistles like you know because they want to arrest this guy and be like what what did you do and he knows he's gonna be in trouble so he runs back to his cell and he like you know gets some stuff that like gets a, a table leg and like it just gets whatever weapon he can get and there's a pretty awesome scene where like they rush in and he's like flipping around these guys and hitting them with whatever he can get a hold of and like. It's a, you know, the the violence in the movie is actually really good. It's just, um, I don't know, it it was not, it, it's not necessarily something that's going to stick with me or that I'm ever going to probably watch again. Hmm. Um, but it was cool. It's a neat little, it's like, a good, like, run through one time. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's a neat little, sometimes like, Sometimes movies like film. that, you can see why people really like them, though. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know? uh, totally. Um, so, yeah. Startup. Uh, and that's, it's, it's S-T-A-R-R-E-D. Um, which is like, again, so this is a thing that I never quite understood, but it was, it's some kind of slang term meaning that like he's, he's on the short, like, like that the guy's running the, the, the jail, he's got a lot of checks against him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's sort of what I think it means, but it's stuff like that where, you know, it's just this term that I'm like, I don't really know what it means, but, and then when you, yeah. Even movies like, uh. Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. It takes me a few minutes to get into them because again, because you know, what are you going to do? Right. But at least that one is pretty straightforward about what the plot is. This one, because it really relies on the characters and the interactions between those characters, it does make it really hard for me to follow, which Mm. isn't a problem with the movie. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just maybe my brain. I don't know. English people, telling you. English people. Anyway, what'd you see this week? So uh, I'll touch things I've already seen before, then I'll say new things. Uh, I'll give you my review of Hannibal, the second season, and when I'm done watching it. Yeah. I watched three episodes. Yeah. Uh, 
to this day, I still love the intro. The I guess yeah. the title. I don't know what you call right. it. The with title, the, with the, like the CG blood that yeah. makes the faces. And yeah. the music's really cool. Yeah, um, the music in general in that show is awesome. And I will say that it's probably maybe the best looking show on Blu-ray. Ooh, like how well it looks yeah. and how clean and beautiful everything is realized in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think The Walking Dead's really close to it, but mm-hmm. I think the colors in Hannibal. I'm sure it has a lot to do with the cinematography, mm-hmm. but you know, and Hannibal isn't dealing with grungy stuff. But true, everything is very clean. clean. In that yeah, show. I guess that's and it. It looks really sh- sharp. I mean, yeah. every time I watch that movie, uh, that show, I'm like, wow, this looks amazing on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And every time I start a new episode, so that's how impressive it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's some like, there's always some goofy scenes, like when they're inside the labs or something. But I still don't get get over how like great it looks. Yeah, it's um those those scenes. For whatever reason, they always still kind of feel like CSI. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it, if I understand why they're in the show, because when you do network TV, sometimes you do have to have exposition scenes. Mm-hmm. I wish they weren't in it, though. Oh, yeah. For for a, <laughs> for a show that's really like a psychological thriller, yeah. to suddenly have to like solve mysteries is kind of clunky at times. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, from the first season, I would give anything to just sit and w- I'd, I'd watch a 45 minute show of Hannibal and Will just talking to each other in, right. <laughs> in, in, in a session. I'm not, yeah. or, or even, um, Jillian and, uh, Anderson's character and yes. Hannibal just talk to each other. I would sit there and watch the whole thing because uh-huh. those actors are so good. Yeah. Uh, but so I'll let you know my feelings about the whole second season, hopefully by next week. Cool. Uh, the good thing is it's what, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm almost halfway through it already. Yeah. And I watched them last night. So oh, man, it's <laughs> the thing that kills me about that is I started it at 10. It's like, oh, I'll watch one episode. And then I watch two. I'm like, I'll watch one more. Yeah, <laughs> it was like almost one thirty. I'm like, fuck. It's uh Should I watch one more? <laughs> it's a fun season. So season three, they're they're they've already cast the Tooth Fairy, which is the the villain from uh, Red Dragon. Yeah, um, because he said when he started it that uh, that basically Silence of the Lambs would in the timeline be season four. <laughs> so we're doing we're going through Red Dragon now, which means that um, they're telling in season two. They tell one of the most gruesome stories that that Hannibal has. Um, it's I was telling somebody at work, actually the guy who recommended uh, Start Up. I was talking to him about it, and uh, man, there's things in that season that again, I just I can't believe they do on television, especially network yeah. television. I can't believe it's network actually. Right? Oh yeah. If it's on AMC, I could see it, but true network. But yeah. Uh, so uh, I also rewatched From Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, the original or yes. the uh, the remake? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh, Kellen, how you doing, buddy? And the the original is good. I, I still really enjoy the film. Yeah. The thing that bothered me is <laughs> not the movie, but I was at Trademark and they had the complete collection for like ten dollars on Blu-ray. Okay. And I was like, fuck it, I'll get them all. I I don't think I've seen the third. I know I've seen the second one because Bruce Campbell's in it. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. I'm like, I don't think I've seen the third one. But I was like, there's like. Uh, there's three movies, and then it has the documentary that Quentin Tarantino made about the first one mm-hmm. called Full Tilt Boogie. I was like, 10 bucks, who cares? So I get home, and it's only on one Blu-ray. I'm like, fuck. So mm. it means it's going to be compressed hardcore. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. I mean, it was 10 bucks. So I put in the first one, and it starts off, and it looks really good. I'm like, oh, sweet. But then it goes inside, and it's just above DVD quality. I was uh. like, oh, man. So it, it fluctuates the the video on it which is a bummer yeah sometimes it looks amazing and other times it's horrible yeah it's just um, like they didn't um they didn't actually spend that much time doing like a new conversion of the of the uh of the original film. yeah yeah uh, the movie's still fun i i uh it, it's it's a really interesting movie because it starts one way and then the vampire stuff is kind of an afterthought 
where it starts as you know two brothers running from the law right but what i what i really forgot is how great Clooney's performance is in that and there's a part in it it's it's pretty much at the beginning they have this one teacher who or bank teller who they kidnapped and seth is george Clooney's character leaves his brother who's quentin tarantino alone with her and he comes back and he's raped and murdered this uh this lady and he's he's going what is wrong with you is it something i did and it's this great scene where he doesn't understand why his brother's a psycho Mm -hmm. and it's so much fun and then there's lots of mayhem and vampire carnage and it's a really uh, schizophrenic movie, but hmm. it's it's still fun. I still really enjoy the film. Cool. Um, uh, the second movie I watched, which I haven't seen in years, and, and for some reason, I, I told you this before we started, that I couldn't focus this week for some reason on movies. Yeah. But I was just flipping through my on-demand on Xfinity, and Beverly Hills Ninja was one of them, and I haven't seen it in years, and it's an old Chris Farr. I think it's, a, it's the last movie he made before he... No, second to last, because Almost Heroes came out after it. Oh, yeah. This came out the in the January in the year he died. So he was still alive when this came out and I, I watch it. It's still a goofy movie and it's stupid, but it he, he's so good at being who he is mm-hmm. that the movie's still funny. And it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. There's a part where a TV reporter says, you know, ninjas are usually from Japan. No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just to see him in it and Chris Rock is in it trying to be his, tutelage and you know chris farley is obviously an idiot ninja yeah and he's just really good at physical comedy and it's uh watching it it's fun but it's also kind of depressing because you realize that he's not in anything else but it was fun you know it's 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 stupid but harmless and it's uh i could watch it over and over it's not like a great movie right it's something you can just throw in yeah and you can don't really have to pay attention to it but i mean there's a part where he impersonates this printing guy to make money and his name's Chet something, and the way Farley acts is just balls to the wall and over the top, and it's freaking fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, I watched a couple other things that I've never watched before. I finished watching Agent Carter, which is really good. Oh, man, I've still got, like, two more The last episodes? three episodes are freaking amazing. Oh, that's cool. Um, I really love that show, and I can't wait to own it on Blu-ray because it looks good. It has... You know, you mentioned to me before, it does have this, like, 1940s kind of studio look to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love her outfit. I love, like, the silhouette of her in that blue trench coat with the red hat. I think it looks so cool. Yeah. It's very, like, Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, very Carmen Sandiego. So yeah. uh, it's something I, I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, I also watched Parks and Recreation for the first time. Never saw it. I was, again, I was just trying to find stuff, and I was bored. And it's pretty funny. It, yeah. it is a lot like The Office, the same kind of humor where there's not a lot of, I'm going to laugh really loud, out loud watching it, but there's yeah. lots of silly moments in it. Um, and, and the last thing I watched, I took, when I first saw the ads for the show, I thought it looked really stupid. But as I've been reading about it, it's really high on Entertainment Weekly's, like, you should watch the show. And it's called Fresh Off the Boat. And it's about this Asian family that relocates from Washington, D.C., uh, to florida yeah and it stars the guy who plays kim jong-un in the interview oh yeah uh but he's lost a lot of weight in it oh, so okay. it's interesting and it's it's a memoir based on the celebrity chef called fresh off the boat and before i thought it was just like a racist yeah show yeah it sounds like a horrible title for an asian show yeah but it's it's based on a memoir from a celebrity chef i forget the chef's name hmm. and 
in it, the main character is this little boy and he's, he loves hip hop and it takes place in the mid nineties. So he's trying to get the kids at his school, make fun of him because he wears nurses shoes and he points out, he's like, what about Daryl over there? He doesn't have Air Jordans. And he's, and they say, well, he's black. So he's basically any shoe he wears is Jordans. <laughs> and the kid shuts his locker. He says, I hate this school. What's, what is a, what's, what are nurses' shoes? Like, uh, they just like nondescript shoes. Oh, okay. Um, and so he's like, man, if I got a hot chick, then, uh, they would respect me. So he starts listening to old dirty bastard music <laughs> and he, he imagines himself in these music videos. Yeah. It's just really funny. It's a really funny show. Neat. Um, and so he's trying to get this, uh, one, <laughs> oh, he's trying to get this one girl to like him and they're at a blockbuster and this, she goes up to the thing to check out and he's like, Oh, and this kid got you Skittles. And the, the girl looks over at, I think his name's Eddie. She looks over at the little boy and he, she says, these are for me. He's, he's like, yo girl, taste the rainbow. <laughs> it's a, it's a really funny show. I, you should, uh, people should really watch it. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. So fresh off the boat was my favorite thing I watched it. Well, yeah, favorite like new yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I forgot to mention James that I thought Brad edited the Bilbo Baggins <laughs> song in there, but it was so good. But Thank it you. was you. Yep. You even added a scratched record. <laughs> yeah. Bilbo. And actually, as I was playing, I was starting to get into it. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I specifically waited until, like, you got to hear through the chorus once, and I was like, all right, start fading yeah. this shit out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of clever. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a, it's a neat like, song. I'm like, he's three feet tall. He is three feet tall. <laughs> because it does, man, I should watch The Hobbit. It's good. <laughs> I know. I, the only thing that sucks is I have to wait till the extended edition comes out because I don't double dip on the Hobbits. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, shoot. I do. I know. Yeah. That's all right. But I, it's because I give the first one to my parents. Yeah. So it's like... See, no one... I, I don't waste it. Would anybody like... I don't know. My family's weird, man. You think they would like the Hobbit and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what kind of movies my family likes. Hmm. Because, you know, obviously I showed my mother the 40-year-old virgin and she thought it was gross. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't, right. have to, I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Uh, cool. cool. Uh, this is a comic book you should pick up at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Oh, dude, I was there yesterday yeah. or, or Thursday because uh, Joe found out about the Star Wars comics, so he really wanted to read them. Which ones? Uh, he wanted to read them all, so he wanted you know Star Wars, Vader, and Leia. Mm. And Leia came out this week, and so you know I just email Andrew. The cool thing about Andrew is I just email him, and he, or he, if he thinks I like a book, he just throws it in there. Yeah. And so I said, hey man, my friend wants Leia, so just want to throw two copies in. I mean, I don't know if I wanted Leia, but it's a number one issue. If I like it, I'll get yeah. it. If not, whatever. Right. Um. So he said, uh, he never responded because I said, if you have any Star Wars or Darth Vader's lying around, he wants them too. And so we went in and he said, oh, dude, I'm totally sold out of Vader and Star Wars. Yeah. Vader 1 and 2. Yeah. So I said, okay, no, no problem. And he gave us the Leia's. That's fine. Right. And then he, he says, you want to see what I got in today? I said, yeah, man. And he brings me over to his case. He got Amazing Spider-Man number 12 in, which Ooh. is an um, it's a really pivotal issue because in that issue – Spider-Man's really sick, and Dr. Octopus is causing havoc downtown, and he gets unmasked by Dr. Octopus. And in it, he's masked in front of Betty Brandt and J. Jonah Jameson, and Spider-Man performs so poorly 
that everyone says, oh, Peter Parker's just being the hero because ah. Spider-Man's too much of a coward to show up and face Dr. Octopus. What is he doing? He can get himself hurt. And so Doc Ock even thinks, this, oh, it's some kid. There's no way this is with the real Spider-Man. It's I kind of remember that, yeah. It's a great story. And this book that he got in is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I just can't afford it right now. <laughs> um, but he... The cool thing about Andrew is uh, he says, well, you know what? I just wanted you to see it first because I'd rather have you have it than somebody else. And that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I can't afford it right now. But right. I shouldn't put this online. Now people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> right. Because yeah, right. the price he has for it is an amazing price. Yeah. He has it for $230. Holy crap. And it's the corners are still sharp. Yeah. And the only issues in it is the left spine has like a little bent part, like very minuscule. And on the inside, the color, the pages are a little yellow. Mm-hmm. But it's probably the best copy of that book I've ever seen. Hmm. And he only wants 230 bucks for it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Dude, that's worth way more than that. But right. that's what's cool about Andrew. So anytime you guys want to know, if you're looking for a hard-to-find book, go to Carl Coins, Cards, and Comics first. Because if he has it, he's going to charge you about $150, $200 less than anybody else if you want a book like that. Yeah. Because I actually got, uh, la- two weeks ago, a book I've never seen for sale anywhere. And he said, hey, man, check this book out. It was the first appearance of Morbius, which is Amazing Spider-Man 101. 20 bucks. Wow. And I mean, it has some chips on it, but pff, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I don't think Morbius is that cool of a character. Did you get it? Yeah, of course. Oh, cool. 20 bucks. I'll... Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's like probably a $50, $60 book, $20. Right. And that's what's cool about Andrew. Uh, this week, too, I'm just going to remind people to make sure you pick up Batman Endgame. Uh, the new issue came out, and uh, the Joker is starting to get his... It's the penultimate issue, mm-hmm. so his plan's starting to come a little more to fruition. Fruition, thank you. You're welcome. The boy couldn't speak. And so he doesn't. Ass- he goes to the Batcave, and what's really cool how Scott Snyder's writing this right now is he jumps all over the place. He'll have like three or four pages, and he'll say, you know, it's happening now, and then he'll say three hours ago. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a little more, and then it goes back to present, then it goes back a little more. It's a really interesting way to write. Yeah, and in it, the Joker gets into um, the Batcave because you find out in his previous arc, which is Death of the Family, that the Joker knows who Batman is, and he just doesn't care. But now he's pissed because at the end of the Death in the Family, uh, he outsmarted the Joker. So now that the Joker's back, he's really pissed off, and he goes into the Batcave and chops Alfred's hand off. So Shh. you should definitely pick it up. And wow, it's uh, it's a really interesting book. Uh, and, and the, so yeah, it's basically his plans coming to fruition and Batman enlists the help of some of his biggest villains to help take down the Joker because the Joker's out of control. So in it, you have Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, cool. Clayface, Bane, Penguin, Scarecrow. So I, I found out this week that my niece, who's mm-hmm. almost three years old, really loves the 90s batman show really yeah the only ones i think that her her folks don't let her watch the the clayface ones because those ones are pretty scary um that's a horror that is a straight that's my yeah favorite some of my favorite ones because it's scary yeah i uh, to this day i still think the part at the end where he's in the tv room and all the different channels are and he can't control his face yeah and he's like help me it's like whoa yeah because that's the only way batman can beat him oh it's great yeah yeah yeah, there's some um, that are pretty bad. But yeah, apparently she's, A, just really into scary stuff. Hmm. Um, apparently, like, some of the shows that she watched when she was really young, they had episodes about, like, 
you know, scary being fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, like, like when she watches like Frozen and the big uh, abominable snowman monster comes up, like she she sort of fake is scared Mm -hmm. you know like she watched it with my folks and so when that would come up she'd like you know sort of scream and run over to the couch and jump on it like ah yeah (laughs) you know but she was clearly having fun with it yeah um like look at this scary thing on tv yeah and so with scary stuff they uh they've been watching through that you know what else they also showed her recently they showed her et yeah she think it was scary no she liked it yeah because she's normal yeah um (laughs) it was funny though because my brother was saying like well you know they they watch a lot of movies and this was one where i was like you know i really wanted to watch it with her and so it was like, okay, I, we're either going to watch it now or else she's going to end up seeing it at some point. So, like, why don't we just go ahead and, you know, we'll all sit That's and watch so it. That's so cool because, yeah. honestly, one of the things I can't wait is to introduce my son to stuff I love. Yeah. I can't right? wait to sit down and watch Spider-Man with him. Yeah. Like, this is what dad loves. I know. Or Pinocchio. Yeah. This is what dad loves. I need I need to get just a little bit older so that I can start showing her the stuff that I love. <laughs> like, uh, it's who, funny. Who wants to come over to James's house and watch Buffy? I, I know. I think about that stuff all the time. You know, when he's, you know, five, six, starting to kindergarten. Yeah. And his friends come over and they see my movies. Like, oh, can we watch uh, Day of the Dead or something? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, that show's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely pick up Batman Endgame. I don't know if you can get the first two issues of it, but I know he has the last three. Cool. But they're dwindling because cool. I think people are starting to realize how important the story is. Because hmm. uh, they really haven't hyped it very much. It's uh, it's fascinating. And the covers, the new one's awesome. A Joker has made, a, like, a throne of people that are dead. And he's smashing a bat in his hand. And there's, like, blood going out. It's pretty, pretty gruesome. Uh, it's a great cover. Um, yeah, uh, definitely pick up the new Batman cool. and the next issue will be my last one. I read until the Joker shows up again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, unless I don't know what other villain I'd want to read in Batman because mm. I really don't care about the other ones. Uh, Batman's not my guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man no. ever fights Batman. Well, I do have a Spider-Man and Batman book. Yeah. Drawn by Mark Bagley. Yeah. Um, it's the Joker and carnage. So take with that oh. what you want. Mm. No, <laughs> mm. It's all right. Suddenly less interested. Yeah, I know. I always thought the Joker and the Green Goblin. That makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because the jo- uh, Green Goblin give Joker like toxin because he works for Oscorp. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, with oh, dude, yeah. With chemicals. I'm that'd be saying. cool. Yeah. I could write a Goblin Batman. version of Joker. That'd yeah, be cool. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So make sure you say hi to Andrew. If you sign up for their hold slot, you get twenty percent off all the issues you get, and they bag a boredom for you. So. Awesome. Win-win. And I got like five issues of Spider-Man Team-Up when we mentioned earlier. They're all like a dollar, so I paid five bucks for them. Cool. That's how on high demand those books are. <laughs> I got one with Spider-Man and the Beast fighting some robot. I don't know. Looks silly, but Brilliant sometimes they're Spider-Man. fun. Yep. Sometimes they're fun. Uh, this week we went and saw Chappie. Chappie? James, should people go see Chappie? Man, this is another kind of rough one uh, two weeks in a row. Um yeah, I, I think that you should. I think it's a cool movie. I think it's got some really neat sci-fi ideas in it. Um, if you're somebody who in the past has liked Neil Blomkamp's movies mostly because of the action but always feels like the stories fall short, this is very much that. And unfortunately, there's less action in this movie. Um, and this is, for me, of the three, the weakest one because I, I think it meanders more. But um, really gorgeous movie, some really awesome sequences in it, and some cool ideas that I think are worth – are worth checking out. Um, and if you're if you're going to see it, I think you need to see it on the big screen. So, Yeah, I'm torn on this one, too. I'm actually not a big fan of this movie. Um, 
I, I'm a fan of it when Neil, uh, Neil when Hugh Jackman shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the time, I I did not like the gang he was with. They were mm-hmm. driving me crazy. Um, Dev Patal is okay. I mean, he's in it. Yes. Um, but I was really fascinated with Hugh Jackman's character. A lot of I, I've read a lot of reviews, and some people thought he was a little too cartoonish. But I think he had really interesting motivations in it. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's a trailer. I, I don't know. I, I'm not with Jane. I think you can probably rent it and be okay. Um, but here's here's a trailer. The deployment of the planet's first robotic police units became the focus of the world in 2016. Drop your weapons. You are under arrest. Vincent Moore is a former soldier. The problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable. The scout's creator, Dion Wilson, sees a rich future. What interests me is a machine that can think and feel. I have a robot that is operated by a thinking human being. (laughs) We don't want this. It's expensive, it's big, and it's ugly. The scouts are a huge success. Stop worrying about these pet projects. I think I've cracked it. This is a new kind of life, a new step in evolution. It's like a child that has to learn. What's that? Chappie's book? Yeah, it's yours. Chappie's got stories. Chappie's got a book. Anything you want to do in your life, you can do. Write poetry, have original ideas. Chappie wants to paint. Wow. What in the name of the Lord? You little robot's a big problem for me. A thinking robot could be the end of mankind. Destroy that robot. Burn it to ash. Something of great danger headed our way now. I don't want to die. I want to live. If you want to survive, Chappie, you must fight. Mayhem downtown as police have begun shutting down. You think you're real. You don't get away with this. Be special! I am consciousness. I am alive. I am Jeppy. I was... I was a little disappointed in the movie. I was too. Uh, because I really do like his other two. Like, I love District 9. I think Elysium's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even what he said earlier, I, I rewatched Elysium a few months ago. And it's I still think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah because even even with Elysium, if, if the story is a little bit, like, cliche, like, it feels like something you've sort of seen before mm-hmm. and you can kind of, you kind of can tell where it's going to go before it goes there, um, at least it's pretty tight, you know? Yeah. You know where you know what your motivation is. You know where you're going. You know who your villains are, and you know why. Um, and this film too, though, it seemed like he was trying to recapture the District Nine feel because he opened again with making it real and it's really happening and had like news broadcasts yeah. of stuff going on. And um, I think the idea is interesting. It's a lot like RoboCop, yes. where you have an automated robots basically taking the place of the police force to help assist them and make the world safer. And, uh, of course, there's going to be some issues with it. And then 
I, again, my biggest issue was in it, Chappie is actually number 22 and he's always getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go out on this mission and they meet this gang of drug dealers and they're played by real life Australian pop stars who are really obnoxious ninja and I can't remember her name. Yeah. Some weird name and they're not good actors. So you're forced to stick with these people through pretty much the duration of the film and which, yeah, that's the part that I struggle with because I feel like the, the ideas of the movie, the, the stuff that it's trying to do are actually really cool. Mm-hmm, me too. It's, it's too it's much short circuit. Yeah. And the the truth I, is those, those characters should have been in the movie for 20 minutes. I agree. The story it, should have been that he gets kidnapped and then some kind of action sequence ends that where like him getting shot. So we're going to get into spoilers. Him getting shot, Dev Patel getting shot, and then ending up where he ends up mm-hmm. should have happened way sooner. I agree. Because to me, I think it's, it's a more interesting story. And this is why I mentioned Hugh Jackman's character. Because Hugh Jackman's character in it is actually someone who's God-fearing. And he thinks that an artificial intelligence that can think is godless. And I think that's a really fascinating thing. And I think if you actually had the movie where Hugh Jackman was using his huge moose project to hunt down... Uh, Dev Patel as yeah consciousness in a robot and Chappie, mm-hmm. I thought would have been awesome. Yes. Because he is putting where, I think, I mean, I don't feel this way, but some people would say, yeah, I mean, you can't have an artificial intelligence think because that's not natural. So he's a villain, but not really. Right. Where his belief is that you can't have that. And I think that once you figure out, like, once you figure out that Dev Patel can, like, that you can put a human brain into one of those robots, I think that that would be a much more terrifying idea and something that would bother somebody. Because, you you know, you're dealing with someone with Chappie where he, his personality is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, too. The scenes where Chappie's learning, I freaking love. Yes. You know, where he's trying to figure out what everything is. You know, he's like, watch. And... But then, he, you know, um, Dion, Dev Patel, he goes away for a little bit, and then you're stuck with these stupid characters. Yeah. Where, and, he, and then and Chappie doesn't learn fast enough at that point. Yeah. Like, it should have been that there were some montages, and, and, and that, that part of it just sort of meanders in the explanations for why. Like, why does Dev Patel leave? Yeah. Like, why not just stay there and be like, no, like, this is my yeah. robot. I'm going to stay here and teach it. Like... This is my experience. Yeah, because there was weird scenes when he first left. He, they just let him run away, and I thought right. they were kidnapping him, right. to do stuff. And it just doesn't make sense, right? Exactly. And uh, where, 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 if that had been a thing where you have that scene, you have him stay there and teach Chappie, and then they come to rescue that guy, and that's when like he gets shot, and those and the, those villains that that Chappie absolutely should learn to love, but. And then have those characters get mm-hmm. killed. Like those, that's the point where you're like, oh, okay, this is. That's when that character should learn really quickly. Yeah. And then you have, you've got uh, Dev Patel in a robot, and you've got Chappie who um, learned very quickly and had sort of some poor influences, and so maybe that character is yeah. a little bit inconsistent. And that's, I, like, and I like that. I like that saying that you know sometimes where you're brought up determines who you are mm-hmm. and you know there is that that ninja i couldn't stand through the movie but i did like him in one scene i like the scene where Chappie sees the dead dog and he says you can either be that dog and he or he points to another dog that's like eating like raw meat or you can be that dog mm-hmm. i love those moments in it mm-hmm. and then i mean even the scenes where Chappie's stealing cars and stuff i liked yeah but i'm like i said i'm still more fascinated by hugh jackman's character in it i mean i like the part where he goes to um dion's 
desk and he puts a gun to his face and he says, I know what you did, mate. I know what you did. Right. And they pull up and say, oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's, you know, it's empty. I would bring a loaded gun to an office. And it's just an interesting character. And But they, I mean, he's only in the movie, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, because, you know, too, when he picks up Chappie and he's chopping off his arm and Chappie has to learn that not everybody's a good person, I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. But they didn't have enough of those moments for me. Yeah. They just didn't have enough of it. And, yeah. And it doesn't move quick enough. No. Um, like, that, you're right. They should have got to that scene at, where Hugh Jackman's moose shows up and starts mowing people down mm-hmm. halfway through the movie. Yeah. And then have him hunt down Chappie and Maker. Yeah. As and have those and have those two characters actually like learn and have their own experience, exactly. very much like we did in District Nine. Yeah, um, which I mean, yeah, it means that you're retreading the same ground of a story that you've sort of told before. But I don't care. At least then the movie would work a little bit better. Yeah, but it's um, still more fascinating because, like I said, you have the character that already thinks these are godless creatures, and so that's motivation for him to hunt them down and. Because, you know, I did like that, you know, Hugh Jackman was turning them all off and he was so driven by that my idea is better. I think that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. But And especially, like, there you have, you had the groundwork for some really awesome Neil Blomkamp gruesome violence yeah. where all of a sudden there's this, there are these riots and if you, if you then released... Uh, release some of those robots or like more mooses onto those riots to try and quell those vi- riots. Then you get the kind of like what my mom calls body goop that I expect yeah. from a Neil Bonk well, movie. Even I mean, it's actually I think it's kind of scary when Hugh Jackman is like, "Haha, is that the best you got?" And he rips that dude in half. Yeah, it's like whoa, the I dude mean, who was one of, who was my favorite of the yeah because um, I didn't mind the the gangsters as much as you did, but that guy America yeah. was my favorite of the three exactly. Um, but then I was like, "Oh shit, that's kind of." Yeah. That's kind of scary. I right. mean, a guy who has that much power and then just it just doesn't, doesn't care. It doesn't, yeah, yeah it, is, is I willing think it's, to just rip a dude in half for his own personal gain. I think that's a scary villain. Yeah, because in his mind, he's not bad. I right. mean, he's saying, "Oh, my idea is better because I'm controlling it." But if the person controlling it is more scary than artificial intelligence, then yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, the movie looks great. Uh, uh, Charlotte Copley as as Chappie. Chappie is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the animation of that character, the way that they that they make that character feel like a real sort of being. Yeah, like they they personalize it in a certain yeah, way. I like he's really he's conf- I like how he's confused on what he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Does he need to be you know a gangster or does he need to you know be smarter the way that his maker wants to see him? Right. And the fact that they're able to make you kind of feel like you, you're understanding that character, even though, um, even though there's actually very little movement in his face, yeah, you know, it's it's effective. It's yeah, cool. you know, it's it, it makes sense to me. I mean, it makes sense to me that his he makes inconsistent decisions, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't know, and yeah, it just I, yeah, I couldn't stand that girl. I couldn't stand in it. I mean, she had some moments that I really liked, but then you just yeah. have to. And it's weird because they were playing their music in the background too. Yeah, that is bizarre. Yeah, I, I just think I, I kind of like those choices. characters, especially because like like they wear t-shirts with their faces on them all the time. Yeah. And like, I but don't here's know. the thing: it reminded me of Short Circuit meets Mad Max. Yeah, that's what it oh, meant, totally. felt like to me because the the gangs are but way I, out of place. But I like both those movies more. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I saw Short Circuit recently. I'm not a big fan of it anymore, but I loved it as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, I liked it as a kid. <laughs> wouldn't but... you like to be a pepper too? <laughs> yeah, that movie is racist as fuck. It is. Oh. So I was a little disappointed in this movie. 
I really was. No, I no, I was totally disappointed. And it, it will I really like the fil- I really like the filmmaker a lot. Yeah, it will probably at the end of the year still be, if not the, but maybe one of the most disappointing movies for me because it's not like I went in with these huge expectations. Um, it's just disappointing because you you look at how like the pedigree that's there and how close to yeah. being great it is. Um, I think those movies are the most frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Is where I see the potential in the movie, right? And it's just like meh. Yeah. Uh, it collapses on its own weight. Yeah, uh, it, it is interesting. It's, it's you know, just not tight enough. Like no. that script needed another like. I think another run through by yeah. a different writer, probably. Um, yeah. uh, but the thing is, is you know he's earned the right to make movies he wants. Because yeah, absolutely. I, I was reading too that movie only cost fifty million to make. Wow. So he'll make it back overseas, and he'll probably make it back here. But oh, the movie will do fine. Yeah, but it's. But I don't want. I think Neil Blomkamp is really talented, mm-hmm. and I don't want. I want him to have a career like a, like a Christopher Nolan, where yeah. even if, the, if even if we look back and there are movies that I don't like, other people like. Mm-hmm. You know, so like Christopher Nolan, I really don't like Insomnia, but everybody tells me I'm wrong. Um, but at least I don't look back at it and go like, oh, well, that movie was a mistake. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, like, like this movie's not horrible. No, but it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough for me. And it, you know, and too, Sigourney Weaver's kind of wasted in it. Where I, totally. I kind of wait, hope that she was going to be like that cutthroat. Yeah. CEO person, but she really wasn't. She doesn't even have a payoff in the movie. Um, yeah, like she never really does anything at all. She has um, a drink at one point. And there are a couple of see, <laughs> there are a couple of really interesting, um, a couple of really interesting moments where they are having these existential questions that I think are really cool. You know, there's a there's a scene when Chappie gets mad at. at Dev Patel's character and is like, you know, why, why did you make me this way? And the why, mm. how come if you're my maker, like, why did you make me broken? Mm-hmm. Why do, why did you make me so I have to die? Like, that's a really great, awesome question. That's yeah. exactly the kind of thing that this, a movie like this should wrestle with. Yeah, but then it just, um, then, but then it glazes over it, right? You know, it's, yeah, doesn't it, follow up. It has the question, and then it doesn't. You know, in, in fact, the 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 beautiful story you could have told by having half the movie be. Both of them in the same in the same situation um, could be really cool. I mean, you had the making of like a a Blade Runner style ending where all of a sudden you've got one robot who has twenty four hours yeah. to live and one robot who's going to live forever. And how do those yeah. two wrestle with like what's fair? And see, that's the thing is Blade Runner gets you into that world, and mm-hmm. it is way better developed. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of because Blade Runner is a classic. But I'm just right. saying. Oh no, totally. That but if it you're is gonna, dealing with very similar yeah, issues, you're right. And so I mean, they're both movies about like they're sort of both movies about meeting your maker. Only mm-hmm. in this case, like he's not seeking out his maker; he's um, trying to find a purpose, right? And I, I don't know. Yeah, it's too bad. It is. Um, it's kind of like I said. It kind of makes me sad. Yeah, and the action scenes are pretty good. They're not, but they're but they're not they're not Elysium. <laughs> um, like Elysium has this epic scale to it that this one, like the big action scene, is just in a building. Um, yeah. So. Yep. Cool. Uh, next week is Cinderella and something yes. else. Uh, Cinderella and Run All Night, I believe. Oh, yeah, Run All Night. Um, I think I'm going to see both of them. So oh, yeah? On Friday, mm. I might spend all day at the Alamo. Uh, I will, I'm going to see whichever one I feel like seeing on Friday then. Uh, I'm not sure. Because right now, I could I could go either way. Um yeah, I, you know, Cinderella's getting good reviews. Okay. I, I yeah, would, no, no, because I, yeah. I'm going to see Kenneth Cinderella. Branagh. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh. That, that is the kicker. Is that even if that movie is, 
uh, is not as good as I want it to be. It's 94% right now in Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's no. pretty high for a Disney yeah, like, yeah. retelling of a children's movie. Yeah, I Because Maleficent, I think, was like 30%. It's not a musical, right? It's just no. I, well, I don't think so. But yeah. then again, they didn't sell Frozen as a musical either. So true. Um, and not that I would be. I like, it's fine if it is, but plus it's got actresses from 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 Down Abbey in it, like and oh, Game yeah. of Thrones, man, and Down Abbey, and Game of Thrones, and Down Abbey. They have the Stark guy who was killed at the Red Wedding. Uh, is spoilers, Prince charming. Yeah, and and Rose from Down Abbey. <laughs> Who's awesome? She's the feisty young one. Mm, so she has two cups of tea. No, no, she like she like goes into London and like sleeps with black guys. Whoa! Yeah, dude, that show is wow. Uh huh. Edgy. That's on PBS. WB could learn a, a two or th- a thing or two about being <laughs> edgy from Downton Abbey. So yeah, I, I think I'll probably see Run All Night. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've been having fun watching Liam Neeson. Oh, dude, I want to see Neeson. it. I really want to see it. That was my original idea for the 20th, was that we'd see Cinderella and then see Run All Night the next week. But, but I overruled you. We're doing 1985 films. No, through. I'm excited about that. Um, cool. Yeah, so until next week, may all your dreams come true. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Whenever you are ready. And then as, you know, if there are any times where we need to, like, stop or anything like that, just. Oh, I'm sure he'll be okay. I think Laura should be home soon. And what? I mean, whatever. Such is life, right? People aren't going to give a shit if you can hear Kellen in the background be all squirrely. They they better not care. It's not as bad as, like, having a a cat running around jingling, (laughs) like in the early episodes. So this is what. Hey, Kellen, what do you feel about the new Spider-Man movie? He wants to eat it. He wants to put it in his mouth. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Peter Parker, buddy. But if you want Miles Morales, that's okay, too. <laughs> so that's how he felt. He didn't know if he wanted Miles Morales or Peter Parker. <laughs> but he says it doesn't matter what color Spider-Man's skin is, as long as the character is right. I think that's fair. He's, think, l- he's learning quickly. Yes. Oh. So, yeah. Back to Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> After a great editorial by my son at six months old. <laughs>